And I want to kind of just have us switch gears for a second. I want us to transition into a place of prayer and just really letting um, God minister to us. Not just for another altar call, you know, experience where, you know, we want a powerful moment. Another powerful moment and we, you know, can leave feeling good about ourselves like, yes, we did it. But this is a call to move past the surface. This is a call for the tired. This is a call for the weary. This is a call for those who didn't think there was a deliverer, but they found one today. They didn't think there was any weapon that they could use to combat the darkness that they felt since childhood, that they felt since college, that they felt since, you know, even when they're having those good times where there's that voice that's just like, sorry. <laughs> let's, do, let's do more so. <laughs> Um, sorry, just got disconnected. The spirit's still moving. <laughs> and so, that was the word for music, though. <laughs> but I, I want us to really, um, really get introspective for a second. Before we get to business as usual, before we get to, you know, just back to what we know is the structure of T-Bach, I want you to encounter God in your seat. I want you to get like the disciples, get alone with him in private while you're in public and talk to him. It doesn't even have to be out loud. It can be. Talk to him about that thing that you've struggled with, that you haven't been able to let go, that shifted the entire way that you've thought about life, that shifted the way that, you know, you, you think about yourself, the way you view relationships, the way you view family members. That's causing that deep-rooted unforgiveness and bitterness in you. That's making you feel like you can't amount to anything. Any Jesus. Anything that's coming up to your mind right now that exalts itself against the knowledge of God will be brought low. But we can't run from it. Like I said before, we have to expose the fruitless works of darkness. We have to expose these strongholds and we take the word to them. We come in prayer and we cast them down and we pull them down. And whether it's as suddenly or whether we start the process, they come down. Whether it's as soon as you set your mind, thank you, Jesus, to humble yourself before the Lord the first day. Oh, Jesus, this is the first day. Receive this, some of you. This is your first day. So where some of you are going to just get that suddenly, some of you are going to get Daniel's experience of the deliverance was sent out the first day, but you're not going to see it for a little bit. You're going to feel the process. It's going to feel like a process to you. But God's going to give you an anchor for your soul that the process has started, that there is healing that's been sent forth, that there is a warring that has been sent out on your behalf. And as he heals you in that process, and as he helps you to unlearn and to relearn and to have the mind of Christ and to be able to consistently set your mind on godliness, you're going to experience a different type of freedom that I suddenly going to give you. 
You're going to experience a journey with God. You're going to experience, like John said, that eternal life on this side of heaven. You aren't just going to be waiting for the day that you die and can be with Jesus, where you can just be with him. But you're going to have him here. You're going to have his joy here. You're going to know him intimately here. And so this is just going to be a time where you can meet with him in your seat. But we we want people to feel comfortable to come up for prayer. One thing I didn't mention as I'm talking about the weapons of the word and prayer is community. Is people to intercede on your behalf. We're talking about the power of intercessors, but some of us know we need prayer and won't let anyone intercede for us. So what do we know? We hear, but we don't listen. And I'm not saying that as like a thing just to get you up here, but it's like there's a cry, there's a warning for your soul that God will be communicating through me and through the others up here. There's this burden, this crying out, this call, this cry that I feel just for deliverance for people who are tired, people who have had to put on a front, people who are weary. But that stronghold is what's keeping you in your seat. That stronghold is what wants you to not expose it, to not let other people know that you're damaged goods. Jesus. But the report of the Lord is you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is where we see the process of strongholds and demonic lies, those high prideful things that exalt themselves against the truth of God's word versus what God's word actually says. And so there's no amount of time praying up here that I could give you. There's no amount of, you know, special spiritual revelation. There's no time limit I could hit that will move your heart to get prayed for. But I believe the Holy Spirit, I trust his leadership. And I know that as you take that step of faith, even as you are like the dad, who has some belief but needs help with the unbelief, I encourage you to stand. And for some of you, just as the Lord might even put it on the prayer team's heart, I don't want you to get weirded out, but you know, some of us, we, we might come up to you as the Lord puts you on our heart to show you how much God is after you. As much as you heard that word and you might have interpreted it as, wow, this is kind of hopeless. There's a devil who's after me this bad? No, there's a God who's warring for you who's guaranteed victory, but he's still calling for agreement. And so he loves you enough where he'll reach out and he'll find you. He'll leave the 99. He'll go after the one. We know it in theory. But God is calling you for an active faith today. He's saying, if you want deliverance, ask me for it. If you want deliverance, step out. If you're tired, he'll give you strength. Some of you, you've been waiting for hope to suffer well. You wanted to be delivered of something, but you knew as I was preaching. Beyond just like having surface level doubts, like. I feel God is just calling me to suffer well. He's calling me to walk this testimony out. He's calling for a deeper level of intimacy and oil that just getting my symptoms removed without any type of new knowledge of God, new experience with God, new joy in the Lord, new reliance on Him. 
God, I want to have what I need. And so some of you, you might not even fall under any of these things, but you came. You came knowing you needed prayer. You didn't need the word. You might have a completely different prayer request. Just go to someone and pray. There's something that will just get unlocked by the standing up and the walking out. There's been times where we have people on the leadership team who are going and they're getting prayed for by one another. And it's because we haven't arrived. When the day comes where I need prayer, I'll happily pass the... I do need prayer at all times, let me just say that. But where the day comes where I know that heart tug is there, where I know what I've been thinking about in secret, where I know the thoughts that I've been struggling with, where I know those things that have been truly oppressing me, Jesus, where those things that have been truly oppressing me come up and I'm right, I'm standing right next to a deliverer. I'm standing right next to my freedom. I'm standing right next to someone who can release that angel over me. Ooh, Jesus. I'm standing right next to solutions. But that stronghold is telling me, stay back. No one needs to know that. No one needs to see that. Ooh, Jesus. The deliverer is here. Healing is here. God can literally work a miracle in your mind. He can literally work a miracle in your mind. You might feel like it's too much because it needs to be a miracle for it to happen. The God of miracles is here. <laughs> the God of miracles is here. Be free in Jesus' name. But you don't have to feel condemnation or guilt. You don't have to feel like you know, wow, I'm just this lesser Christian because I need prayer. We make much of prayer. We love prayer. We love to give God an opportunity to see us in our humble state, humble before our brothers and sisters, because that's when breakthrough happens. The stronghold is literally defined by pride. It's defined by high things. It's defined by things that exalt itself against God. No, it doesn't exalt itself against God. Lowliness. Humility, transparency, vulnerability. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, when John was calling, because you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, God will fill you. And when you get filled, your life will never be the same. Some of those, some of those suddenlies are tied to your baptism. Thank you, Jesus. A suddenly might be tied to your baptism. If you, if you know, you don't even know everything about the baptism of the Spirit. You don't know about your prayer language. You heard me preaching about it, but it sounded like one of just something you just couldn't understand. Go and receive prayer. God will fill you. God will touch you. But He'll, he'll ask for that agreement. And some of us might have heard the whole message I preach. All about agreement, all about God using our autonomy, using our agency, partnering with us, calling us to be ambassadors, and wondering why as we don't pray, as we don't humble ourselves, as we don't set our minds before Him, why the warfare is, is, is still as strong as it is, why it seems like we're not walking in victory, and it's not condemnation, but He's saying, this is how gracefully I want you to unlearn these things that have been keeping you in bondage. Because it's a process, there's, my grace is sufficient for the process. He's not fearful of the questions. He's not fearful of the accusations. 
He's not worried about the why did you allow this to happen to me. The people who pray for you aren't worried about an answer that they can or can't give, but they know the God who gives, the God who pours out, the God who sets free, the God who delivers. And so I encourage anyone who's in their seat, just pray. If, if you don't feel comfortable getting up, ask him for help. If you know that there's something in me that's drawing me to get up, and there's something in me drawing me to stay down, ask for your help. Ask for your assistance. Ask for your deliverer. He'll give you strength. And if anyone, as I said before on the prayer team, you just feel a burden for the, from the Lord in your spirit for someone, that you know you just need to pray for, I encourage you to, to engage them. Because we're not about setting up appearances. We're about freeing people who have been bound. For freedom, Christ has set us free. And for freedom, He sent forth deliverers. He's birthing some of you who feel broken into a deliverer. Thank you, Jesus. And it's only because of that broken part of you that you can deliver. Who, Jesus. It's only for that broken part. It's only for that crushed part. It's only for the part where your family's so jacked up that you can actually set someone else free. It's only because you didn't have it how it should have been that God's going to use it, use you to make those crooked places straight. And so, God, I just pray a covering prayer over this group, God. Freedom and deliverance. Joy, shouts of joy Ooh, would come up in secret. God, forget this prayer meeting. I want a secret life, Jesus. I declare a secret life that's full of joy. A secret life that's full of hope. When they get alone and they don't have someone laying a hand on them or encouraging them to step out on faith, God, that they would find you. That they would encounter their deliverer in secret. They would encounter the comforter of their soul, the lover of their soul, the one who looks at brokenness and says, you aren't broken, you've been made whole. You no longer are defined by a sin nature because you have a new nature. You're a new creation. You've been born again. You've been redeemed. My blood is not so weak. It's not so cheap that it can't buy you back. Oh, Jesus. It's not so weak that it can't buy you back. But my blood is enough to cover you. By my stripes, you're healed. By his stripes, you're healed. So those of you dealing with any wounds, Jesus, his wounds are enough to cover you. Those who are dealing with any trauma, the trauma he went through is enough to cover you. What you've gone through, he can identify with in every way. He can fully empathize with us, yet was without sin. That's the high priest who makes intercession for you. So as much as I'm praying for you on this mic, you have an intercessor who never leaves the stage, who doesn't have to drive home to his wife and kids, who doesn't have any of that. But as soon as the prayer leader stops praying for you, whoo, Jesus, you have an intercessor in you and over you. Thank you, Jesus. Your bases are covered. And with that, he still calls you for your agreement in prayer. He still calls for it. So the same God who's already covering you wants your participation. And so, God, I pray for renewed prayer lives at home, God. God, I rebuke double lives. People who have maybe been living double lives, who have presented one way at church, one way at T-Bop. But as soon as they get home, 
There's this, this tug for sin. There's this different appetite that's not shown in private, God. We don't condemn anyone who's living like that, but we call them higher. We call them to know a God who doesn't have to have, to have them living as shifting shadows and waywardly. That double life is killing you. That double life is making you confused, is growing the power of that stronghold. And so part of our agreement is that we actually live a life of repentance, not a moment of it. And that's freedom. That's entering into freedom. The tears that you know you need to cry, that's freedom. Those are prayers. That's intercession before the Lord. That conviction you feel, that's godly sorrow leading you into repentance. The Spirit is moving, convicting sin, righteousness, and judgment. And some of you, you're experiencing not, you know, that you're fully agreeing with all these things, but there's this feeling of like, I just know God's calling me deeper. I'm just hungry. I just want prayer that I could go deeper, that I would have endurance, that I wouldn't have to keep doubting myself that God has called me. That I wouldn't have to keep doubting myself that I'm his. That I wouldn't have to keep shifting. And so some of you who are even just waiting for me to just hit you with the right prophetic statement, I feel who are just waiting for me to hit you with the right prophetic statement. Oh, as soon as the man of God, you know, hits me with, you know, that thing that's just going through my mind that I already know, that's when I'll stand up. God, God says stand up. Stand up, get prayer. Stand up in your heart where you actually give that thing up to it. Actually release that thing. Some of you need to get bold and secret. Some of you, your struggle isn't even that you just can't stand before people, but it's like your heart can't even stand. You can't even stand in private. Jesus. God is so faithful. God is so, so faithful. God is so faithful. Even when you're faithless, his word says in Timothy, he is faithful. Some of you who are hopeless, God says, take my hope, receive it. You who have a heavy burden, receive my light one. Take my yoke. Don't keep being yoked to that stronghold. Don't keep being yoked to that way of thinking. Some of you just start praying that you would have the transformed and the renewed mind. That you don't just want a stronghold broken, but you want something transformed in you. You don't just want to be emptied, but you want to be filled. You want to be filled. You don't want to just feel like, oh, you got some relief, but you still have no power. So that when that thing comes back again, thank you, Jesus. That when that thing comes back again, that when that temptation comes back again, when that demon comes back again, that you're, that you're just going to be beat up. But no, he's come to fill you. He's come to fill you. Yes, you're saved. But he wants to fill you. And so, God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of a baptism of your spirit. As you prophesied about from old God. As you prophesied about in the prophet Joel, as you spoke about a baptism of fire. And as we've seen tons of fire, we've seen the wind of the Holy Spirit descend on people in this room to fill us afresh. And you birthed in us a fresh baptism. 
a fresh power, a fresh love, a fresh understanding, a fresh thing that could break through, a fresh prayer language that we could pray to you without ceasing in. God, we want to receive it. And so, God, I pray for the release of the outpouring of the Spirit. I pray for the release of a fresh baptism. I pray for the release, hey, Nikaya, for the release of the prayer language, for the release, God, that the syllables would start to flow, God, that there would be a release, even some of you, hey, Nika. This isn't even just for those of you who haven't been filled. This is for some of you who have been filled. God says, stir me up. <laughs> pray in the Spirit. I just told you of how much of a weapon it is. You don't have to wait till tomorrow morning to get your 10 minutes and get it in now. Yes, Lord. Some of you who want prayer, who have wanted the gift, but you feel like it's prideful for you to say it. God says in his word, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire them. Not to despise them, not to cast them aside because you don't understand. The word isn't just do all speak in tongues, do all do this, do all do that, and the assumption, no. But it's also Paul saying, I desire all of you to speak in tongues. I desire all of you. Fresh filling, fresh filling. God didn't just come to break you. He came to fill you. God didn't just come to break you, but to fill you. So who needs to be filled? Who needs to be filled? Who's hungry? Who wants it? God is a good father. Some of you, you think it's just about tongues. God's releasing the revelation of his good fatherhood to you. Ooh, Jesus. Revelation of God as a good father. Come over this room, Lord. Let us stop equating our bad father situations, our incompetent fathers, our fathers who might have been decent but just didn't show their love and affection, God. Show, show yourself, God as a good father to us in this room. Correct the wrong view of God we've been carrying with us as our stronghold. Fill us afresh, God. You're a good father. You said in your word that if a sinful father can give good gifts to his child, to his son, how much more is he, are you God, our father, our heavenly father without sin? How much more do you desire to pour out your spirit to those who ask of you? And so, God, I pray <laughs> for a fresh encounter, a fresh filling, spill out into the hallways. Fresh filling, a fresh touch. Fresh filling and a fresh touch, God. A fresh fire, a fresh intimacy with you. A fresh desire to use, to use the weapons of the warfare, God. Ooh, Jesus, I feel a strengthening coming. I feel that weak bones are being made strong. That weak spirits are being made strong. That low views of self are being made highly esteemed like Daniel. That you're getting the report of the Lord that you are a son or a daughter highly esteemed. Ignore that lie that tells you you are lowly. That you are lowly. That you are lowly. But you are highly esteemed in the eyes of God. You are the bride of Christ. You're a royal priesthood. You're a son and a daughter who's been adopted. Oh, how great it is to be chosen by God rather than birthed into something. How great it is to know you were chosen. In the midst of everything you think should disqualify you, you were chosen. Oh, Jesus. You were chosen where you thought you were unworthy. 
where you thought your sin should disqualify you, where you compared yourself to others to identify with God. <laughs> God's saying, I'm going to have you define yourself by myself. The days of comparison are over. Freedom is here. <laughs> Billing is here. Healing is here. Fresh testimony. Woo, shit, I am no soya. The next person to give a testimony is in this room for next week. The testimony is being birthed now. Release it, Lord. Release a suddenly testimony. Release a suddenly. Release a, a, first, um, a first release testimony, God. Where from the first day that you set your mind in this room, one God, hey, I'm Nika. God is removing mixture. Some of you have thought you enjoyed mixture, but you're going to get a taste of the real thing and you'll get delivered. Your affections will be completely brand new. Your hope will be set on something far greater. You aren't going to be, a, a, you're not going to feel like a phony, but you're going to feel his presence. How intimate it is. How close to your heart he is. How much he longs for you. How much he desires you. And you're not going to have the report where, like the sons of Sceva, you try to creep up and copy and compare and rely on someone else's walk with God to uplift yourself and to do mighty things of God and find yourself embarrassed, beaten and broken by darkness. But you have been filled. You have received the Spirit. You will overcome darkness. The report of the Lord is not beat up, broken, and bruised over you. Thank you, Jesus. But He's given you a new name. You're found written in an eternal book of life that no one can remove your name from. You have something precious living in you. Thank you, Lord. You have something precious in you. Precious, uncorruptible, not defilable. Thank you, Lord. You have something in you. And when you encounter the real thing, after you've lived a life where you've seen false imitations, after you've seen the, the wages of what living a life of a little bit of sin and a little bit of God can give you, once you sell yourself all into God, you won't even have any type of taste. You'll wonder. You'll have the testimony like John. I'm ashamed of the things I took delight in. I can't even look at those old messages. I can't look at those old pictures. I can't look at the picture from last week. I can't even imagine that guy I was with last night. I can't imagine that old girl I was with the other day. It's literally just incompatible. And so I just pray, God, that we would see you rightly, that we would take your word seriously, that we would remember we're in a spiritual battle. We're not warring with the weapons of this world, God. I'm not up here praying because I like to, you know, look impressive before men. It's not because I like to look like anything, God. But it's because I know we're engaged in a war. That there's a high call. That deliverance doesn't come without a cost. Somebody paid for it, Jesus. Whether you're like John's grandma, who warred for him, who literally stood in the gap and kept him from falling into the full measure of what his sins deserve. Whether you want that to be your testimony for someone in your life, that you stood in the gap, 
and that it doesn't even make sense how they didn't fall completely, but something kept them from fully being shipwrecked. Whew, Jesus, make us aware that we're praying beyond ourselves. This deliverance isn't just for us in this room. This high calling isn't just so that we can get a better view of ourselves. We love that. We love, you know, having our identity secure. But God, you will move us beyond that so, so preciously. And it won't be because of a love for ministry. It won't be because of a love for being seen. But because of a brokenness for a broken generation. A brokenness for an unbelieving generation. That you'll pray because you know there's an unbelieving generation who can't set themselves free. You'll pray because you know people have been so discouraged. They've gone to so many. They've encountered so many. And all they need is one. And the cry of God is, where is the one? Can I get one? Can I get one who would be on their knees? One who would weep? One who would desire to suffer well and keep pressing? One. One who would desire to get free so they could set others free. One who would be willing to break a stronghold with me so that they could save other people from even getting put in it. And so God, we thank you. We thank you for the encounters that are happening now. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here in this crowd, God, who are encountering you. And I pray, God, that you would keep touching, that you would keep filling. Even when the prayers have stopped, God, you still move. Even when the prayers have stopped, God, even as we first opened our mouths and we set our mind on you, we believe heaven was moved. Angels were sent forth. Callings commissioned. Anointings brought forth. The breaking of yokes brought forth. And so, God, we expect deliverance. We expect miracles. We expect signs and wonders. I pray anyone who needs healing in your body, I encourage you to get prayer. Sometimes we think like the stuff I'm praying about, it'll just manifest purely in the mind. But that spiritual stuff we go through can manifest itself in our bodies. It can manifest itself in a whole bunch of different ways. Some of what you think you're suffering with that's just in the natural. Ooh, Jesus, that's just in the natural. You need healing for You need a fresh touch from God. God says, you thought that was just sickness. That's a spirit of infirmity. <laughs> you thought that was just, you know, some, some struggle, some different thing. But it's literally manifesting itself as migraines. It, you know, whatever. And so, God, I pray for the release of healing. The release of creative miracles, anything that's wrong or off in people's bodies, things not functioning as it should, fresh testimonies be lifted up of healing. Fresh healing be lifted up. God says, <laughs> He's not just the healer of the soul and spirit, but He's the healer of our bodies. So God, we declare healing over bodies, healing over limbs, healing over nerves, healing at the molecular level, healing God of minds, Healing of diagnoses, God. That there would be reverse diagnosis. That you would pour out healing. That you would give us endurance, God. Give us endurance in the place of prayer. Give us endurance. So God, help us not to miss this moment or just take it lightly. Help us not to just rely on this moment either, God. 
week to week, God, but we desire that something would be birthed here tonight in each and every single one of us, where we would carry it ourselves. We thank you for the community you've placed um, for us and you placed us in. But God, we want to be the ones who get to a place of wholeness and healing where we can lay hands on people. We want to get to a place of wholeness and healing where we can confidently talk about your character and not have secret doubts in the background. We want to get to a place where we actually have joy when we get to your presence. Where it's not just anxiety, it's not just questions, it's not just doubt, it's not just asking why we're there, it's not just thinking about other responsibilities for the rest of our day. But it's like we've encountered the king, how could we look on anything else? We can't miss this appointment. We can't miss this time with you. God, we want that to be our heart's cry. We want to live in your presence where we don't want to get out of it. Oh God, do it in us in this room. God, deliver a people that can deliver a campus. Deliver a people who can deliver a campus. Break the strongholds off of us so we can move into the shifting unto regional strongholds. To the strongholds on this campus, God. But how can we be bound and try to free other people who are bound? God, actually equip us, strengthen us to actually fulfill the call that you placed on us. Equip us so that we're not just giving you lip service, but that we would live from that place of revelation, of encounter. And so God, I pray... For anyone, Lord, who feels alone even in their mind as they've just been praying. God, that you would bring healing to a lonely heart. That you would show them a fresh friendship. That you would give them a word of encouragement. That they would experience times of refreshing. That you would send forth friends. That you would send forth like-minded people. For those people who have felt like they've held on to some type of old friendships because... It seems like they just can't connect or click with new ones, God. We pray you would show them how powerful you are. How they don't have to settle just to get out of that place of loneliness, just to have somebody, God. But that you would send forth those that would push us in the right direction. Who want to contribute to the strongholds we're trying to break free from. I pray you would deliver someone from relationships they've been in that are ungodly sexual relationships, whatever it might be, you know, emotional relationships, soul ties that people have bound themselves to. Those are strongholds. Those are things binding you. Those are things keeping you bound. Those are things making you question your identity, question your salvation, question why you should even be coming to T-Bach while you're living like that. Questioning all these things. God says, don't be condemned, be free. Don't submit yourself to it again and again. But choose me. Choose me. And so, God, I, I just pray freedom over those people who are conflicted. Freedom over those people who are wondering how worth it it is. Those people who are stuck in their minds with a lot of things, a lot of heavy things. That you would bring healing to minds all across this room, God. Healing, healing, healing. Healing, healing, healing. Healing, healing, healing. 
Just lift up in your own mind whatever needs healing, whatever needs a touch, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever needs to be touched, healing is here. The healer is here. Thank you, Jesus. The great physician is here. The mender of broken hearts. Thank you, God. It's still true that if you submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from you. If you come near to God, you will be cleansed. If you draw near to God, purify your hearts, wash your hands. He will come near to you. The call is to submit to him first. And then you also have the call to resist. To resist that lie. To re resist that text. Resist that phone call. Resist that website. Submit, submit, submit. Resist, resist, resist. And fleeing comes. Fleeing comes. So I pray for endurance, God, to submit to you. We need endurance just to be submitted to you. Let alone endurance to resist, God. But if we endured in our submission, God, we wouldn't need to resist as much. Thank you, Jesus. If we pressed into submission to you, we wouldn't have to battle the, the devil or battle all this darkness as much as we think we need to. And so, God, wrap us up in love for you. Wrap us up in who you are. Let us get lost in your presence again. Let us get lost in your presence for the first time. Some of you might have been like how I was about a year ago. Hating prayer and not enjoying it. I was borderlining hating for a minute. And I got to a place where I said, God, I know how I feel about this. I know how I think about this. But God, I know there's something you have for me that, that's far greater than me just staying reluctant, me just letting my prayer life stay anxiety-filled, me just letting it stay cold, me just keeping you at an arm's distance. And so I chose to press past what made me feel bored, what made me feel discontent. And the thing was, as I committed myself to the process, God started working. What started being a reluctant 30 minutes turned into a reluctant hour, which turned into joy, which turned into curiosity, which turned into wanting to know more, which turned into hunger, which turned into seeking Him, which turned into a heart that shifted about the baptism of the Spirit, that turned into... And it just began this whole process. What could God do within a year while we're so focused on a suddenly? What could He do through a journey that can't be birthed? There was a campus pastor for this ministry that was birthed through a process that when I thought I needed deliverance, where I thought I just needed to fall out at the altar because of just a religious spirit or the stuff I was dealing with that I do believe I had, took one intercessor, one person with a prayer like one person to speak in my life and say, you need the breaking of strongholds. You need an unlearning and a relearning. You need a deliverance that's going to be a process that's going to free you from the ways you even think about this stuff. You need to separate yourself from these teachings and these things that have been contributing to your apathy. 
Ooh, Jesus. And so, God, do it in them as you've done it in me. Do it in them, God. What you did in a year, God, do it in six months. Do it in a year. Do it in two years. Do it in whatever time you need. But, God, get the glory from it. Get the testimony from it. And so, God, we thank you as we wrap up this time of prayer. We thank you that we've encountered your mercy today. We thank you that we've encountered your love today. We thank you that we won't be the same today, and it's not because we felt butterflies or chills or shed a tear, but because we know anytime we ask of anything in your will, <laughs> anytime we ask of anything according to your will, we have what we ask. Some of you were waiting that whole prayer time to feel it before you believed it, and God said, when you first set your mind, when you first set your mind according to my will, I did it. Whew, Jesus. When you first set your mind, when you first opened your mouth, when you first started in your confused prayer, in your mundane prayer, wondering how you were going to get to the point of really praying, I moved. Oh, shit, God. Ooh, I moved. And he said, while you were waiting, I did it. Ha, Jesus. While you were waiting, I did it. While you were waiting to feel it, I moved. <laughs> While you were waiting, the angel was sent. Hey, oh, Shika. While you were waiting, truth was imparted into the inward parts. Oh, Shika. Where you thought you had to think of strategies of how to combat those lies already. God said, I already planted the seed of truth. I already started watering it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Yes, Lord. Whatever we ask in your will. We have what we ask, God. Let your word be sufficient for the moves of God we experience. Let your word be sufficient. I, I impart that over us in this room. The sufficiency of God's word will be enough for our encounters. The sufficiency of his word would be enough again. That's when revival springs out. Not when people have to rely on tears and we have to rely on a feeling. and We have to rely on some powerful thing. And then it doesn't happen and we think God didn't move. But God says... I bless so much mundane prayer, you wouldn't believe it. I bless so much unpassionate prayer, you wouldn't even believe what I've done through the You wouldn't believe what I've done through what seems like a powerless environment. You wouldn't believe the worship that happens in heaven. Oh, Jesus. The joy that's set before me. When I see someone press through in prayer, when I see them press through a moment where they don't feel it, but they trust my word. Where they say, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I shift. And I bring healing from childhood trauma. I bring healing from the demonic. I bring complete removal of every chain. Through the little bit of belief with the little bit of unbelief. With the opening of a mouth. With someone who's asking, teach me to pray. Whose prayer is just help. God said, I heard your prayer, you in the crowd. You who just said, help me, because you didn't even know how to offer it to me. Your prayer is answered. Your sins are forgiven you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He hears the prayers. He's encouraging those of you who thought you were about to leave and not get anything. You were about to leave and not even have a testimony for your soul. But now he said, you leave with my word. 
You leave with the strength of my might. You leave with an infallible word. You leave with my glory. You leave with my joy. You leave with something that's unshakable. You leave with something that the wind and the waves can't blow over. You leave with something that can't be gaslit out of you. You leave with an encounter that you can keep with you when you get home. When you don't feel a thing, but you're going to experience me more. You're going to taste and see more. The fruit's actually going to be in your changed life, not in your changed emotions. Not in your changed posture. Not in your weakened knees when you have that powerful prayer. Not in the hunch that you get while someone's praying over you. But restored confidence. Power restored to your personal life. That's the revival we're contending for. You could be dead silent in this room and I'd have the joy of the Lord. I would know he's moving, he's touching, he's healing. And I'm subject to caring about the way people look while I'm praying. But God grips my heart again every time. He reminds me, because you did it, because you stepped out in faith, it's happening. He's shifting, he's moving. And I pray for that release over this room. Will you get alone with God and let him convince you? Will you let him show you? Will you let him make it personal for you? That all you need is a word. And like Hannah, you will turn from mourning to joy. You'll turn from weeping to worship. You'll have a completely different face about you and you won't even receive the promise yet. But you'll have a word. And just like with Daniel, it was because of his words the angel came. God's inviting us to open our mouths, to speak words, to speak the mundane, to speak the trembling prayers like he spoke, to not know what's on the other side of our prayers, to not know what's happening to us, to be fearful, to think that what we have didn't come from God, and to still press on. And God gives us the precious promise to our soul that as you pray, as you open your mouth, I've sent forth deliverance. I've sent forth angelic ministers. I've set forth some, something that will keep you. And so, God, I thank you for your mercy that I, as I was going to wrap up, God, you wanted to encourage the one who felt weak, the one who felt lowly, the one who felt powerless, that they've been heard. And so for some of you, more than knowing that you had power, that you had weapons, God gave you the fresh revelation that he hears you. Not just the scripture you heard that says he hears Christians. Not just the scripture you heard that he hears his children. He said, I hear Danasia. I hear Elizabeth. I hear Jackson. I hear Benjamin. I hear Trenton. I hear Naomi. I responded to that help me and they thought I responded to the three-day fast. I responded when they set their mind on me. Where they even had the thought. Where they had the thought to do that before me. That no one could boast. And so God, we love you. And some of you might actually need to say that. When was the last time you genuinely just told Jesus, I love you? Not, we love you. Not part of a song, not part of worship music. But where you didn't feel awkward when you got to the place of prayer and you said, Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. I appreciate. Literally, literally, I'm asking, literally ask yourself, when was the last time you expressed love to God? And it wasn't like weird. Like, is it weird for you when you get to the place of prayer and you have to say, I love you? It's not like a, a we, a part of a song. But it's like, it just sounds weird coming out of your mouth. God says, he can change even that. He can bring forth the fresh love that can be communicated to him. 
in you not have to think about these other things that you're feeling, these other thoughts you have about saying that word back to him. And I don't even know why he brought that to my heart. But some of you, he's restoring an I love you. A simple I love you. You say it to your boyfriend. You say it to your spouse. You say it to whoever. But God's saying, when was the last time you said it to me? It's all right, son. It's all right, daughter. I don't condemn you, but I'm going to get you there. We're going to get there together. I'm going to show you myself where you won't be able to help to get in my presence and say, I love you. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I adore you. I love you. I cherish your presence. And so, God, let that be the intimacy we desire to carry with us. That's the one thing that we ask. That's the one thing that we seek. That's what we set our lives unto for a love that touches us specifically. Not us corporately and in theory and in the Bible, but the God who came down for us specifically. The Jesus who died for us specifically. That we can actually say, I love you specifically. And so God, thank you for the humility expressed today. Thank you for those who stuck around. And thank you for seeing us and hearing us. Thank you for revealing the living God to us who's not passive or just watching things go by, but who's living and active. And so we love you. I love you. I love you, Lord. Yeah. Yes, yes, Jesus. Love is going to spring up. Testimonies of love. Testimonies of love are going to spring up in your personal life this week. Let a testimony of love spring up. Let this week start with, you couldn't even say, I love you, Jesus, and really mean it, or really feel it, or really grip with what you're saying. But then by the next time we meet, you can imagine not saying it. Oh, Jesus. You can imagine, I, I love you, not coming from your lip every time you pray. You pray for dinner, you pray for breakfast, and I love you springs out. You can't help it. That's what we're aiming unto. A love that grips us. And so we love you, Lord. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.